Welcome back in the Morning Drive, ESPN 102.5. The game, Nick Braden, D-Mace, Marquise with you here. Final hour on a Friday. We've got our picks coming up at 9.30. The big finish at 9.45. So uh, we'll get back to Titans-Panthers coming up next segment. But I, I noticed something this morning. So obviously Nick Benino is having a really, really good season. You can make the case maybe having a top three season for the Predators. And we talked to the, uh, Crispy about that earlier in the show. But when we get in each morning, we have, I'll take you behind the scenes here, we, mm-hmm. we have a, a cut sheet of all sorts of audio in the last 24 hours. Guests that were on the station, highlights of play-by-play from the Preds, press conferences from the Titans, all of that stuff. And I, I look it over each and every morning, all right, we'll use this, we won't use that. And normally after a game, Chase will get a one-on-one in the locker mm-hmm. room. And usually it's anywhere from a minute and a half to maybe two and a half, three minutes. Mm-hmm. So I look at the cut sheet this morning, and it says Nick Benino one-on-one with Chase, 29 seconds. And I said, <laughs> was this just mislabeled? Is this just a cut from an interview, or is this actually a one-on-one? Apparently, it is a one-on-one, and Nick Benino, despite having a great season, didn't have much to say last night after the loss. Nick, the offense was going once again for you guys, but what was it in the third period that allowed Calgary to get back in this? I don't know. Didn't play good enough. How can you guys adjust with, with practice tomorrow to prevent things like that from happening? I'm not sure. We'll come, and coaches will have drills for us, and we'll try to get better. Before I let you go, it's announced Austin gets an extension, a guy that's worked really hard for this organization, has to feel good for the locker room. Yeah, we're uh, really happy for him. And he had a great game tonight, so it was awesome. Nick, thanks. Appreciate it. All right, so there you go. Three questions, three answers, 29 seconds. Wow. Clearly ticked off. Mm. Oh, that's efficient. But, but it, that's what we talked mm. about yesterday, remember? Right, with Baker. Yeah, with Baker. It's like, you know, as a as a reporter, you know, especially a game like last night, you know walking into the locker room, the the ad, you know the, the temperament. You know a lot of the questions that you ask, the answers will be very short. Um, so you go in and prepare for that. I think Chase was prepared for that. That's why his his questions were quick and succinct because he knew that you know they, these guys are not going to give these long, lengthy an- answers. Maybe if they, had they won, then maybe yes, it could have been a little bit longer. But I think he knew he understood you know the the temperament of the locker room. He understood that these guys just want to answer these que- questions quickly and get out of here. And you know it was twenty nine seconds, but it got straight to the point. Um, and you know, kudos to kudos to Chase, you know, because he had everything he wanted to answer me ask, and I think he got his questions answered. It's not an easy situation to go into a locker room when the team has given up a four-one lead going into third, and they give up four goals in the third period. Exactly, like that's just a, exactly. that's, a, that's a tough situation. Um, it's so yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what you expect out of a guy like Nick Benino there, but, you know. <laughs> uh, well, I'll tell you where like, I'm going we, in a second. We, go we, we 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 didn't play good hockey tonight. Like I mean, you could give a little bit more than that. I do understand you're frustrated, so I, you know it is what it is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not faulting the guy like that for for having a short answer. But again, there's a difference in being short mm-hmm. and frustrated and wanting to get out of the interview and being confrontational, disrespectful, and right. rude to someone who has, who's asking you a question. There's, he, there's here, a difference. Here's my question, though: When we talk about players and the way they handle press conferences or even little media scrums in front of a locker, is it me or is the hockey world just completely different? from the NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, with the way the player approaches and responds to the media. Like, I, I feel like there's a culture in hockey of basically state the obvious, never make it about you, 
never really get ticked off and just be blah. Whereas you get personality with NFL guys, you get personality with baseball, you get you definitely get personality in the NBA. And the and, and the reason I bring this up is because hockey players and not everyone, but by and large from everything I've gathered from covering the Flyers and the Predators, hockey parties or hockey players know how to have a good time. Yeah, uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yes. But they don't show that in a professional setting. But it, here's the thing. I, I think uh, the difference between – I think baseball, hockey, and basketball are the same uh, in, in this regard. They know that one game is not going to define their season. So they're not going to get too high or too low about a loss. It's just like, you know, they're not going to – very seldom you see them blowing up. You know, very seldom do you see a, a hockey player going off. Right. Very seldom do you see a baseball player or basketball. Because they like, listen, we got 77 more games left. There's no need to blow up. But football is different because they know every game. True, true. It, it means something. Like if you lose a game or two in a row, that could be the difference from you – Making the playoffs at ten and uh, eleven and five, or not making it at nine and seven. It just almost feels to me like there's almost this unwritten rule amongst players in hockey to just basically say nothing. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I've always just felt that way about hockey players. I mean, we did kind of, you know, we heard Craig Smith give us like just a fraction of a piece of emotion, but that was kind of like a tipping point last year. Yeah, yeah like enough's it, enough. And it, but it was at the end of the year. It was after the season was over. And it was after the whole thing was was dead. You know, the season was dead and gone. And and even then, he really didn't get emotional. We we just sort of had to read into mm-hmm. that that he was emotional because he had sort of actually said something clear and succinct to us. And I I, I don't. It, there's no reason that hockey players, more so than baseball or basketball players, would be trained to do more Belichickian type speech, right? Like they're all trained equally on this stuff. Um, there isn't, I think there's an element of, and again, I don't know why hockey players would view their fraternity as more sort of private than NBA players would. Mm-hmm. I think NBA players view each other in, as sort of a unique NBA fraternity, just the way mm-hmm. NFL players view each other as an, is a unique NFL fraternity and same thing with baseball players. Uh, I, I will say this, I think baseball players in general, uh, in particular on the college level and maybe because they want more coverage for their sport, they, they tell you everything. Like baseball, for some reason, I don't know what it is about baseball. Maybe it's because the writers just love the game more, maybe. I I don't know. But I find that baseball coaches and players are far more open about everything, whether it's strategy, whether it's things that make them struggle on the field or things that work really well. They're not flamboyant about it. They don't, it's not talking trash. But I find that if you ask a baseball manager, like, hey, what was your strategy behind X, Y, and Z? He'll just flat out tell you. He'll just be like, man, we. We thought we had the matchup here. We we went with the righty. We went the righty against the lefty because we thought we had the statistical matchup. We walked in because of this, or we went with the double switch because of that. Like they'll just tell you. Whereas you ask Mike Vrabel, he's going to say like, like, well, I mean, we saw a look and we got the look <laughs> that we wanted, and so we ran a play. So I'm not going to second guess or answer these questions. You know, like mm-hmm. you can get confrontational a little bit. I will say I think baseball is different than everything else. Ba- ba- for what I can't explain why. But the baseball coaches, players, managers, people mm-hmm. like if you if we had Tim Corbin on best team mm-hmm. in the country defending national champ, and I said, "Hey, what went wrong last night?" He would just he'd be like, "Well, so and so didn't throw strikes, and so and so didn't get on base, and we couldn't defend. You know, the left side of our infield wasn't playing good defense. You know what? Like he'll just tell you, and that's just not the way other sports work, I guess. I, I just I've always thought like you know you stick a microphone in front of an NFL player, a college player, sometimes. You know, baseball, the NBA, and mm-hmm. they give you some. And I'm just wearing like my sports radio hat right now, as far as doing a show. 
And they'll say stuff where like, whoa, okay, we, this, we're going to play this and this is going to be something we're going to work into the show. Mm-hmm. It's very rarely that an NHL player will give you a soundbite where you're like, whoa, okay, yeah, we've it's got all, a, we've got a topic. To it's all boring. The, the, it's uh, just boring, boring. It's a boring interview, which is what Belichick and like to their credit, strategy. They, they they don't give you anything to run with, and I think that's their strategy. I mean, that's right. that's and I think that is a, I think that for this particular team, the Nashville Predators ties into Peter Laviolette. I think Peter Lavi like he is by definition the most clandestine coach when it comes to injuries in the NHL by like factual definition. He gives out less information about injuries than any of the other 30 NHL coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. So he is by far more protective of the, the, the information than anybody else when it comes to injuries. But isn't that their, isn't that their league? Um, because yes. they don't have yes. to – they can say – it's a lower body injury, or yes. they don't have to be specific but, in, but in regards La, but, to that. Yeah, but Peter La, within that, uh-huh. even within though the NHL, Peter Laviolette literally is dead last. Mm-hmm. There, there's a there's somebody did like a factual study on this. He is dead last in the NHL on giving out information about injuries. Mm-hmm. So he has sort of a culture of this is a, a private room where we do yeah. what we have to do in this room. We don't let things get out, which is why at the end of the year, he gave us a six and a half minute monologue on mm-hmm. what he tried to do the power play. He didn't tell us any of that stuff during the season, Mm-mm. but at the end of the year, when the season's over, he tells us here are the 37,000 things we tried to, to fix the power play and it didn't work. So mm-hmm. I, I, that's, I think it comes from the top down. I think there's a Peter Laviolette like, Hey, this is, you know, keep stuff in house. This is our strategy. And, and listen, that, that may work for them as a team, it doesn't make it easy for us to cover and doesn't make it fun, necessarily fun for fans because that means you're not really getting any information about your team. But if your team wins every night, who cares? Right? Silly Underdogs is back. Make your picks now for the three college football underdogs that you think can win outright this Saturday. Weekly winners will get a pair of tickets to the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl at Nissan Stadium on Monday, December the 30th. You can play at thegamenashville.com or on the mobile app. Silly Underdog Picks brought to you by the Volunteer Hose and Gasket. Titans, Panthers, next on Morning Drive. Our picks against the spread coming up against the uh, against the spread at the bottom of the hour. The big finish also at nine forty five. Titans Panthers coming up on Sunday. We'll get back into this game right now. We talked about this about two hours ago with Tehran, and you just look at this game and it feels like the the spot on the schedule. Considering Titans have won a few in a row, Panthers coming off of a very demoralizing beatdown. 51 to 13. I don't think that the Panthers are that much better than the Tennessee Titans. Records aside, players aside, I think they're kind of in the same mold. Maybe Christian McCaffrey's the difference. I just think this is a bad spot for the Titans. Um, yeah, it could be. They're, you know, they're they're playing on a road uh, against a team that got embarrassed um last week um by the San Francisco 49ers. Um, this team is going to be looking to redeem themselves, uh, you know, because they're not a bad team. Carolina's not a bad team. They got a defense that's pretty good. They have one of the best um, players in the National Football League in Christian McCaffrey, at least young players in the National Football League in Christian McCaffrey. The quarterback has been playing well. Um, so, you know, you figure, okay, now, based upon – when Kyle Allen took the job to what happened, what happened last week? Like, why did it become such a, such a blowout last week? Um, Niners are really good. Exactly. Yeah. Niners are really good. They had turnovers. Um, 
you know, so this team is going to be looking to, you know, to bounce back. And the Titans coming off of a hard-fought battle last week um, where they got a few things that kind of bounced their way. And, you know, you look at the game and you say, man, they should have lost that game. But they won. And that's the way that, – that's the NFL. Should have lost the Chargers. Exactly. That's the NFL. So, you know, do does the Titans' luck come to an end in Carolina um, because Carolina is looking to redeem themselves? Kyle Allen is looking to play much better than what he did last week. Um, so I don't know. But it's going to be a – it's going to be a good test, I think, yeah. for the Tennessee Titans. Not, not to say that Carolina is like one of the upper echelon teams, but to me it's going to be a good test because you play two tough games. You got to go to Carolina against a team that start that needs this victory. Yeah, and I, I like the, the model of last week's game, right? Like San Francisco did two things. They turned Kyle Allen over, three interceptions, 4.3 yards per attempt. He had 37 pass attempts for 158 yards. That's one of the most inefficient ways to, to run the quarterback position on the planet. And, and, they, and the Niners ran the football. So what, what do we know the Titans can do? They can run the football, and they create turnovers on defense. So if you can do those two things, which, again, I know it sounds oversimplification of the whole entire process here, but Kyle Allen had three picks, no touchdowns, and they gave up like 230 yards rushing to the Niners. If, if Derrick Henry runs the football well – they maintain possession, unlike they did last week, right, where where the Bucks had the ball the entirety of the first half. If they can turn Kyle Allen over, Dean Pease with, with Logan Ryan having one of his best career years, Malcolm Butler's playing really well right now, you've got Kevin Byard. Like, you you could find ways to create turnovers. You can, you can do that with Kyle Allen. Derrick Henry runs the football very well. This team wants to run the football. Carolina's one area of weakness on defense is they allow too many run, yards on the ground. You can see the formula. It's it's right there. The Niners did it last week. The Niners are better than the Titans. It's not even close. But can you do those two things? They probably can. And if they can do do those two things, then they've got a chance to win the game. But I don't think you can win the game without creating turnovers from Kyle Allen and without running the ball with Derrick Henry. I think virtually every football fan knows what Ryan Tannehill is. But this is going to be a test for him. And this is going to be one of those games I feel like if you're John Robinson and you are not 100% out, on Ryan Tannehill, long term. Like, let's just say hypothetically, John Robinson says to himself behind closed doors, I'm done with Marcus. We're going to let him walk. We're going to get a compensatory pick. I don't know if Ryan Tannehill's my long term guy, but maybe he's a bridge guy. Maybe he's a franchise guy. I wonder how John Robinson will evaluate Ryan Tannehill this week against Carolina because I don't believe Ryan Tannehill will have success against that defense, some of which is to do with the fact that Tannehill's offensive line, I think, is going to get devoured. Yeah. by that front four. But I'm curious to see, because people, I think you need to realize, against Carolina this week, I do not think Ryan Tannehill will have success. No, I don't think so either. Uh, I, but I, I don't think that's the way to define Does that go into an evaluation? Yeah, of course, but only one one small part of it, right? Like, okay, he played really well against the Chargers. That's a part of it. He played average. I Again, the the, the idea that Stillman is trying to tell me that I need to call what Ryan Tannehill did amazing on Sunday is just so stupid. It's beyond comprehension. He was not amazing. He was really clutch in one critical drive where he played very well on one drive. Otherwise, the offense was atrocious against the worst passing defense in the NFL. And so, but that's only one game. Like you have seven years worth of data. Like there's, he has an entire career that you're going to evaluate him on. You are what you are. It's like a baseball player who's played ten years, and in his ninth, in his tenth season, he hits. You know. he has 600 plate appearances a year for 10 years. That's 6,000 plate appearances, and he's a 300 hitter. 
And then one year he hits 262. Well, you know that's not really who he is, right? Like you, we have data to back up what he really is. Ryan Tannehill is what he is. So I, I think that they're, you know, if, if you want Ryan Tannehill or Marcus Mariota to be your bridge quarterback to the next quarterback, fine. But the price has to be right. The, the terms of the contract have to be right. You have to feel that he gives you a chance to win at least in the short term or at least for a year until your new guy comes in or, your, or two years until you find the new guy, w- whatever that is. But, like, $22 million for Teddy Bridgewater to be one game better than Marcus Mariota doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? Like, if you're going to go for it, you need to go for it and try to find someone who's top five, top ten good. But you know how it's going to be on Monday. Mm-hmm. Or let's, let's forget Monday. You know how it's going to be around 3.30 Sunday afternoon on Titans Twitter. Mm-hmm. If Ryan Tannehill has a bad game, everybody's going to be like, see, I told you, he's a bum. He is what he is. Mediocre quarterback. He's a stiff. Not the answer. No better than Marcus. If he has a really good game and he's 3-0, and people are going to start firing away on Twitter. Hey, hey, well, hey maybe, maybe we have our guy. Maybe he's a it's, short-term solution. To me, it's, it's the nature it, of the game. To me, it, 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 it depends on how... How does the offense flow? Um, he can, you know, throw 20 passes and go 15 for 20 with no touchdowns, no interceptions. But how how are they moving the ball um, down the field? If they are efficient in moving the ball down the field, then okay. Uh, I just don't want to see him turn the football over. Um, you know, he can't, he can't throw to receivers they can't get off of coverage. You know, he can try to put it on them, but – you know, it's up to them to then you know catch the pass. He can't block the guys in front of him. Uh, I just want to see how he, you know, because like he did last week when he had to put together a drive, he put together a drive. Yep. Uh, when he when he was in the red zone, he scored points. Um, just don't turn the football over. And he's fumbled three if, times if, by the way in two starts. That's going to come back and haunt you. No, well, whether I mean whether it comes back to haunt him or not, I, I don't know. He did. He hadn't turned the football over. That's all. That's that's what matters to he me. Had two, he hadn't turned the football. He had two over. interceptions called back by penalties. But he hadn't three times and over. thrown an interception. But he hadn't turned the football over. Um, <laughs> okay. But again, he hasn't turned the football over. They've won two or three games with him at quarterback. The offense looks different with him at quarterback. The receivers, I guarantee you. The receivers love that he is the quarterback now because what he does is he gives them opportunity to catch the football. He's going to throw it to him. He's not going to hesitate. He's going to throw them, throw them football. So to me, it's just I don't just want to see the offense flow. I just want to see them go up and down the field. It won't happen every time, but, you know, I wanted to see it happen majority of the time. I think he's going to have a okay game against Carolina. I really do. And I don't think a lot of it will be – on what the offense can do. I think it what it will be what the defense can do against Christian McCaffrey. I mentioned yeah, this to you true. during one of the breaks. How is it, because you mentioned about having the offense flow, mm-hmm. how is it that a guy like Emmanuel Sanders can get traded from Denver to the 49ers and in 72 hours show up with Jimmy Garoppolo and go for 100 yards in three days? Well, it's, I mean, playing it's, the Cardinals. it's easy. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe the offense is similar to what he ran in Denver. Uh, they only gave him a handful of plays that, you know, and, and, and I would assume that Emmanuel Sanders is a smart guy. Uh, he's able to pick up on things very quickly. And that's what some people don't realize about these players. I, you know, some guy, if I had just an average player, a playbook, their head would explode. <laughs> and because the things you have to retain very quickly and i told you guys one day we will have to install 
over 100 plays. The next night, we would install another 100 plays. <laughs> and then we would have to remember 200 plays for practice. That's a lot. Yeah. A dummy can't do that. You got to be able to 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 yeah. retain that 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 information and then be able to go out and execute it. All of your time in the league, what was the most plays you've ever seen in a playbook? Can you recall a number? Was it 300, 500, oh, it's 150? way more than that, man. It's it's I mean, you you're talking I I got some plays over here. Yeah, you do. Right here. What are you doing? Oh, here? look at that. I got I got plays Those are diagrams. here. I got diagrams here. And you're talking <laughs> No doubt. You know, this is a Can I just ask you why do you have randomly have plays in a notebook? Because uh, this is what I do. <laughs> I just look at plays. Well, I was, uh, hey, I was, but when I was this a kid, is about, I used to draw them in a notebook. This you know? is about, I don't know, maybe 50 plays on here, somewhere around yeah, there. Let me see some of these. Yeah. Um, and you got to learn yeah, Let's all hand them out stuff. like we're in class. You got to learn all Everybody that take stuff. one, pass it around. Even, it's not even, it's the verbiage of it. It's not even technically yeah. the play. It's just the verbiage that you got to, you got to, um, you got to remember. Mm-hmm. And you got to know all of this stuff because everybody has a job to do. And if you miss one word on here, you will mess up the whole thing. If you run out of the huddle and miss the last part of that, if you run out the huddle and he says solo right off, two jet chip double drag hook. If and you, you run out hook? and you miss the hook, <laughs> you're I mean, in you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. you're gonna, he's going to throw an interception yeah. because you didn't hear the last part. So this stuff. And, and that's why I say Emmanuel Sanders, Sanders, smart person, but they probably only gave him a handful of plays. Like, here, listen, here's a handful of plays. Because I did it in Houston. When I got yeah. traded from the Jets to Houston, they gave me a handful of plays. And I had to play, like, within five days, I had to play, and I was the third down receiver in that in, on that offense. All right, coming up next, Solo Right Nasty, 3-Jet, Z-U-B, Bingo Cross, HB Burst on two. Ready, break. <laughs> <laughs> a solo go. right, two jet, UZB drive, Y chase, H halfback burst. But you'd say there HB. Instead of halfback. Yeah, there you go. But of course, the check wide left on the halfback right. is, you, yeah. you gotta make sure. Right. And then also, the release and spacing is critical on the T receiver when you go bunch right. Okay, I'm not gonna miss yeah. that. <laughs> we just broke down plays for you. How about that? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Morning drive, pig skin picks next. Big Skin Pick'em Starts now For entertainment purposes only Bumbling, bumbling, stumbling, here we go Pick'em's double for you knuckleheads Yeah, you know who you are Let's go now, let's go It is time for the morning drive, Pigskin Picks Against the Spread, where we try to give you winners in the world of college football and the NFL. Coming off of a week last week where I was not even on the show, so... Somehow you managed to win a bunch of games, though. What did I do? Uh, you went 5-3. and three. You had your best week of the year uh, when you weren't here, because Chase McKay picked eight games and got uh, five of them right. So Thank you, Chaser. That's 62%. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm not going to talk about my record. Ofer. Not good. Mm. Not good. Not good. Mm. Um, Derek Mason uh, goes to three and two now. Twenty five and fifteen. It's unbelievable. And he started off bad this year. On yeah, the season twenty. Well, he went five and zero oh last week, uh, two weeks ago. So uh, as usual, Derek with the lead, twenty five and fifteen. You have the floor, my friend. Ah man. You got picks and dad jokes, right? Yeah, I got picks and dad jokes. Can we do the dad jokes first? You want to do the dad jokes first? Okay. Let's do the dad jokes first. Okay. <laughs> Let me find my dad joke. Okay, here we go. Dad jokes. 
I'm gonna say the first one because it was brought to my it was brought to me yeah. early this morning. When does a dad joke becomes a dad joke? I don't know, Derek. Please tell us. When it becomes apparent. <laughs> All right. Stop funny. Oh, my goodness. All right. Here's another one. Why can't the bicycle stand up on his own? God. It has something to do with a kickstand. It's too tired. <laughs> Tires? Tired? I'm tired of doing this, this show. This thing on? Oh, man. Here's another one before I get my picks. I thought in. we was getting two. My picks. Okay. Oh, no. There's one more. You got another yeah, one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. A neutron walks into a bar <laughs> in order orders a glass of wine. The bartender says, listen, we only have beer. The Neutron angrily responds, this beer sucks. This bar sucks. Sounds like Stillman. I hate beer. To which the bartender responded, oh man, come on. Don't be negative. Get it? Neutron's a negative? <laughs> if you have to say get it and then explain it, it's not get a good it. joke. And when you have to do the little point thing at the end of it, it's not a good joke. It's not. Yeah, I love it. You gotta love it. That was it. Was that Jimmy Neutron? Yeah, I love Jimmy Neutron. That was a good yeah, show that, back then. He show, had yeah. a big head. Good Lord. Jimmy Neutron was kind of like right side by side in the SpongeBob era. It was. Yeah. yeah. Had I a movie Jimmy too. Neutron great better. movie. All right, let's do this. Great? Really? Yeah, great movie That's as a great. kid. Oh, the Neutron movie? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. I don't think it was great. More of an incredible okay. guy. Well, as, a, as a kid, yeah. It's, it's great for a kid. Come on, man. Fair enough. All right. All right. Here we go. Walford. Oh, Jesus. At Clemson. Oh, my God. Is that even allowed to be on the books? Yeah. Like if I'm it's not, FCS? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, not, I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm, oh, you're changing? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to change that one. I'm going to change that. Don't even give yeah, me bring that. Bring the music back yeah. down again. Yeah. yeah, bring the music down. <laughs> Rutgers. Oh, Rutgers at Illinois. 49 is the over-under. I am taking the under. Rutgers, Illinois. It's taking the under on that okay. one, okay? Okay. All right, here's another one for you. By the you. way, Illinois, a 20-point favorite. Illinois hadn't been a 20-point favorite in like 10 years. Oh, wow. UNLV at Colorado State, the over-under 65 and a half. It might be snowing in Colorado. Man, I am taking the under. What was the number? I'm 65 and a half. 65 and a half. Yeah, under? I'm taking the um, right. under on that one. Bad weather, okay. The Battle of the Armed Forces, Army at Air Force. Dun, 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 dun. 45 <laughs> is the over-under. I am taking... The over on that one, 45 points. Mm. Huh, you kind of looked at me kind of strange on that one, huh? Troy, Coastal Carolina. I look 60, at you strange every day. 60 is the over under. Troy <laughs> at Coastal Carolina. I am taking the under on that one. And now I'm, I'm going to give you a. Wait, wait, hey, what was that number? Um, 60. 60. You're going yeah. so fast. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I you're taking the over? I'm taking the over. Okay. Yeah. If oh. I just if I just randomly threw out numbers and the under and was different than what you actually picked, would you know? Yeah, I would. Okay. Uh, Old Dominion <laughs> at Florida International, forty nine and a half. It's the over under. I'm taking the over on that one. Okay, <laughs> I'm taking the over, and I'm going to give you guys a oh. real game. Oh, I'm going to give you a real game. All right. Hmm. Boston. <laughs> Let me College. find the real game, and then I'll give you one. Boston College. Oh, that's a at real game. Syracuse. Yes. How many, how many wins in conference nine do they have? Nine and a half. Where are they playing? Is it Yankee Stadium? <laughs> yeah. Nine and a half. I don't know where they're playing. What is this, the Fenway Classic? They have like one well. total ACC win. 59 and a half is the over-under. I am taking the under on that one. The under. Hmm. Y'all want one more? Yeah. Uh, sh- yeah. yeah. Y'all want one more? Okay. Go ahead, Mr. 25 and 15. Michigan at Maryland. 
55 and a half is the over under. I am taking the over on that one. Okay. 59 and, and a half? Yeah, 59. 55 and a half, 55 excuse me. 55 and a half. And those are my picks. All right, that is it for D Mace's picks. Man, I um, guarantee you, I'm exhausted. I yeah, will I am win too. every game this week. Yeah. Whoa, 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 huh? I will win every game. Or your this money week. back? Huh? Or your money back? <laughs> Are you going to give us a total in the Winter Classic absolutely yeah. free? I'm going to throw, uh, throw in a freebie yeah. next week. Hey, many, Pete, Pete Weber would love it. I, he talked I, about what it. What I want to know is on the Winter Classic, bet gambling, I want to know the over-under on Freebird on the Skinner concert the night before. What's the like? Is it 13 and a half minutes? Is it nine yeah, and a half a good, minutes? No, I think 13 and a half is a good number. Is that a good number? Yeah. Under? you taking yeah. the under? Well, he's by himself, so yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the under. <laughs> he's by That's, my boy. That's my boy. That's my boy. Uh, I'm going to give you three college games. I'm going to ride the emotion of young men who don't know how to handle success in two of my three. Mm, okay, I, like I am going to take the Kansas Jayhawks plus six this week mm-hmm. at home against Kansas State. It's a, it's a plucky bunch. After K-State just stunned Oklahoma. Mm. Les Miles doing weird things in November. They beat Texas. Did you see how they beat Texas Tech last week? Mm-hmm. They they get a kick like blocked and then they get a there's a penalty so they get to kick it again and then yep. they make the field goal and win a, it was win a glorious. Game. It's fantastic. Game number two, give me Virginia Tech on the road in South Bend, wow. getting seventeen and a half. Notre Dame, very emotionally invested last week against Michigan. They lost. They have two losses. They know their season's over. Virginia Tech's not going to win, but they'll make it competitive. Pick number two. Okay. And then I'm going to give you number three. I'm going to give you a money line play. Mm. Forget the seven and a half. I don't even need it. As Joel Embiid said famously, I ain't no bleep. I don't even need the points. I'm taking them on the money line. Arkansas will beat Mississippi State outright this week. Yeah, that's a good spot for them. There you go. Good spot for Arkansas. Cash it in, baby. Money Missi- line, that's a good movie. Mississippi State is uh, crumbling right now. Terrible. Mm. They're a seven and a half point dog. In fact, I'm going to take Arkansas plus seven and a half right now. Mm. Um, all right, I'm going to go all big games because I can't pick. Uh, gambling spreads. Uh, I can't pick the the gambling numbers. Hey, pick the games you know. So I'm going to pick the biggest games here. I'm going to go Florida plus six and a half uh, in the cocktail party. Just anybody anybody getting big points in that game, I'm taking that team, even though it's been a blowout. I'm going to go Memphis laying six. They won five straight against SMU. They got game day, the emotion of the moment there. Game day being in town. SMU has been very close in a lot of games. They're probably not as good as their record indicates. Give me Memphis laying the six. Uh, I'm going to go Washington plus three at home against Utah. Uh, I think that's a tough ask. Even though Utah's been playing really good football, I think it's going to be a close game. Utah could win. Washington, I like the three there. And then Oregon laying four at USC. The defense for Oregon has been the difference. USC, by the way, still in control of its own destiny. People don't know that. They're actually in first place in the Pac-12 South. And I'm with you on Arkansas plus seven and a half. I, I think they can beat Mississippi State out. Mississippi State's reeling right now. So I'm going to piggyback on uh, on that on you on that one. Anybody want to delve into the world of the pros, or am I the only guy that's going to look like a schmuck doing so? Because uh, I can't Marquise pick NFL has, games. Marquise has all the guaranteed winners. Okay, let me give you. I'm going to give you two NFL games I like mm-hmm. this week. So that means bet the opposite because I can't pick NFL games to what's save your, my life. What's your okay. record this year? Terrible. It's like well below 500. That's okay. It's like seven games below 500. Is it worse than 23 and 30? Because that's what you are in uh, football in college. No. Although you just picked up five wins from Chase. I did for for the record. So you get this week. The NFL's bad. What you got? I hate the league. I hate Sundays. <laughs> Sundays are officially dead to me, but I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to go with the Miami Dolphins this week. Whoa. Mm. The Miami Dolphins suck, mm-hmm. but the Jets should never be favored by three points on the road mm-hmm. against anybody. Oh, I am going to pinch only, my nose only, for three it's hours. It's only three? It's mm. only three. 
That tells you everything you know about the Jets. I've got to hold my nose like this and watch the Jets-Dolphins. It's going to be right. stinky. Three hours of my life, I'll mm-hmm. never get back. Mm-hmm. That is pick number one. Pick number two, the Chicago Bears getting four and a half. The Philadelphia Eagles just boat raced the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Philadelphia Eagles are not a good team. The Bears are not a bad team. Mm-hmm. The Bears go in there and cover in Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Okay. That's pick two. And then, and then number three, last one. Okay. In no world would I ever take Lamar Jackson against Bill Belichick. Take the Patriots, lay the three on the road, mm. because Bill Belichick, he might not be able to stop Derek Mason. Nope. But he will be able to stop Lamar Jackson. Oh, we look at yeah. a scoreboard, huh? We learn how to look at the scoreboard. Yeah. There you go. Hey, check it out. Will you? You going check into the pros? No. Yeah, I'm going into pros. What do yeah. you got? Did you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Jesus. Just go ahead. Time for the big finish. We do it each and every day at 945 here on Morning Drive, and it's brought to you by the good people at Nashville SC. Get your MLS tickets for the inaugural season today. Go to NashvilleSC.com. And, of course, a reminder that ESPN 94.9 Game 2 is the official English radio home of the National Soccer Club. Listen in tomorrow night as Nashville SC takes on Indy 11 at First Tennessee Park in the Eastern Conference semis of the USL playoffs. Pre-game begins at 6.45, kickoff at 7, only on ESPN 94.9 Game 2, powered by your Middle Tennessee Toyota dealers. Tickets available to purchase now at NashvilleSC.com, as well as season tickets. Um, I'm wondering, I'm taking the kids to the Rangers game tomorrow. Should I try to get them to the soccer game, too, or is that too much dadding? I don't think the girls... I don't think. Hey, the, if you want your head to explode, by, all, by kids, all means. I don't think the little kids can handle two sporting events no. in one day. I don't no. think. All right. Let's get to the rewind. Uh, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Uh-uh. No, that... No. Welcome to the show. That that didn't happen. <laughs> that did not happen. Yes. Final four. That did not happen. I purposely, <laughs> purposely said, you know what? Good Friday, everybody. It's 4-1. This game, I'm turning it off. I'm going to bed. I'm t- I expected to walk in. Ooh, that's like a Stillman tweet. I expected to walk in 5-1, Pecker, you know, Predators win, Pecorina has another great night. You know, they improve their record, mm-hmm. they dominate. Wait, wait, you're telling me just now you're... That's it, I, you just now learned? Yes, that they lost. I went to bed. Oh, I, I thought you I were w- genuinely excited early. over the fact, because you just, as we're playing I, the, the montage, Demace is jumping around smiling because Pete Weber makes a gambling reference. I yeah. hope you took the over. That's what I thought no, you were No, I heard to. that. Okay. No, that's what I thought. When he said, I hope you took the over, I'm like, what? Are you serious? Yeah, Nick reacted because he just he just gets very aroused when other grown yes. men talk about gambling. <laughs> Can I just say that I love the South? Uh, of course. I, I go trick-or-treating, and we get to, like, the seventh house. We go around the corner, up through a cul-de-sac, and we're going down the hill. And the lady's giving out candy, and she's got her garage open, and she's got her two cars in the garage. Mm-hmm. And the back wall of the garage was painted LSU. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I almost, yes. like, part of me said, God bless you, I love you. The other part of me was like, as a Bama dad, I almost wanted to hold my kid back and be like, no, we're not going here. We got, we got business to take care of in a couple of weeks. We don't take candy from those people. That is right. Let's go elsewhere. I don't think you get a lot of people in my neighborhood because on where I'm at, you got to go up a hill to get to my house. It's yeah, like that, a driveway. Right. You got to, and going up that driveway, I know, you know, some kids little, are little like, kids are not going to do that. Yeah, but you have some kids, you know, the parents would be riding around that golf cart, drop them off, and the kids are running, ah, oh, what kind of, what kind of, what kind of university, what kind of university you live in where you're driving your kid around in a golf cart to go trick-or-treating? Hey, man, I I'm so wealthy, <laughs> my kid went trick-or-treating in a golf cart. So after the kids take the candy, they basically were just like, take care. Yes.
We send it up to Knoxville and welcome in our buddy Josh Ward. I think it's a big one this week. Big picture with the team. I think it's how Tennessee handles its recent success with getting wins against Mississippi State and South Carolina and everybody's starting to feel a lot better about things, but still Tennessee having a lot to do in the month of November. Tennessee still has to go 3-1 and one to get to a bowl game, but if it messes around against UAB, the Georgia State game did happen this season and the discussion leading up to the game, Tennessee was not close to being prepared as it should have been for the Georgia State game. I think that will be different this week. What's up with Katy Perry? She hasn't made an album. She disappeared, didn't she? Yeah, she hasn't made an album in a while. Good. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you lack talent, you eventually run out of uh, material, right? I mean, she has, uh, she has other talents. So. Yeah, exactly. But exactly. A couple of them. Jesus. <laughs> 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 what? Come on, man. We don't make those kind of yeah. jokes on this show. Exactly. We don't oh, do wait that. wait a second. We're grown-ups. <laughs> Did you ever notice this? And this, like, we all have this in our group of friends or in a family, right? Where like one guy can, like, Nick can get away with that joke uh-huh. on the show. He can say it, and no one's gonna care. My wife, my in-laws, they're all gonna hear him make that joke, and they go, "Oh, that was funny. That was good." That's just Nick. And then I make the joke. What the hell were you talking about? <laughs> oh, what dude, were you come doing, on, man? You make me this way, Nick. I'm sorry. I, I have that effect on people. I, I apologize. You. I blame you entirely. My wife blames me all the time, so you guys can fire <laughs> away. Like I said, I will wow. never be offended on this show because what my wife gives to me, you guys uh, could never top. I love and respect the three of you, and we get heated a lot, and we all have impassioned takes with each other all the time, but there's just nothing the three of you can say to me that's going to be any worse than what my wife says to me at home. There you go. It's called marriage. Exactly. Oh, it's called marriage. Just like the old ad campaign. And here's a little public service announcement. Right? Uh-huh. Remember the old drug campaign back in the 80s, Just Say No? Uh-huh. Marriage, Just Say No. Happy feelings. Uh-huh. Friday, November 1st. This song, by the way, has been stuck in my head for the last week now. Is that yeah, what you, that's went some, you went to the show? That's, some, that's exactly <laughs> right. I know TD know about this, man. Just that grind. Like, uh-huh. oh, okay, okay. You're making everyone uncomfortable. Let's find out. TD. I, I feel uncomfortable right now. Your thoughts on the musical selection coming back, Mr. Davenport? Hey, man, that's right on time, man. That's the type of music you put on a fishnet tank top with, with, a, <laughs> with a walking suit. Who's <laughs> picking your mouth and straw hat and you, you keep it going. Who lives in the wholesaling studios? <laughs> SpongeBob Stillman. SpongeBob. You tell everybody why he's called SpongeBob. Yeah, because... <laughs> I'm because he's shaped, he's shaped like SpongeBob. I say he's shaped like SpongeBob. He's got a yeah, rectangular he has, he has frame. A, yeah, a rectangular frame. And I don't know if there's anything he, anybody can do about it. He's all he's upper body. Yeah, he's all upper body square. He's all upper body. <laughs> he skip, um, he skip, he skip leg day every yeah. day. <laughs> he skip leg day. Yeah, he's one of those uh, guys that always does bench press but never does any you know, squats. <laughs> Stillman, buddy, we love you, man. We do. We, we do. And, and we do. And the only reason we pick with you because we love you. If we didn't pick with you, we wouldn't. He's, he's trying to grow him. that Instagram game. Yeah, he's trying Dude, to grow he, it. He's also been pushed. That's the other thing. Trying to be an influencer. Yeah. <laughs> we welcome in our pal Terry Chris. Uh, believe it or not, they feel as bad as anybody. They were the guys out there in front of 17,000, 18,000 fans, in front of the TV people, in front of everybody, and they know exactly what happened, how it went down. So there's nothing that a coach can go in and explain or say to them or or yell at them about that they don't already know and feel. So, like what Coach Lad said in his post-game uh, talk, he says, nope, he said, I don't talk to him. We'll talk tomorrow. We'll go over it tomorrow. And, and Lab has the right idea. You know what? Today, they'll sit down. They'll go over it. They'll correct it. And they'll be ready for the next hockey game. 
Hey, y'all want to hear a joke right quick? Sure. Dude, yeah. I mean, the whole show today's been a joke, so why not? Why, why stop now? Okay. What did, it get, what did the ghost say to the bartender? Uh, I have no idea. You got any booze? <laughs> <laughs> you realize that you're not allowed to riff on Stillman ever again. That's a complete dad joke. That is a dad joke if I ever heard one that's, of these shows. That's worse than stunting. Uh, Oh, man, that was so funny. Well, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Man, just looking at y'all face, y'all like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and that was the Morning Drive Daily Rewind. It's a part of your big finish every day. Yes, it is. It is. Uh, really quickly, right now, you can win a pair of tickets to see Nashville SC take on Indy 11 at First Tennessee Park for the Eastern Conference semifinal of the USL playoffs this Saturday. That would be tomorrow. Be caller 5 right now. and you must claim the tickets by 5 p.m. today. Since the game is tomorrow, tickets are in and available for pickup. Absolutely. Uh, Vols tomorrow win, Titans Sunday lose. That's my picks. I got Vols winning. It'd be close. Uh, It's a pick for me and the Titans. I'm not going to. It's, it's they're they're running into a bad situation. I think. All right, you know? everybody have a great football weekend. We will be back Monday morning at six o'clock to break it all down. As one man once famously said when he signed off on his social media posts, "I'm just saying, take care." Have you heard about the movie Constipation? Oh, the wife says no, for real. The husband says it hasn't come out yet. Bailey DJ Nashville, I love you. Bye. <laughs>